Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, July 28th. Things shouldn't be this stressful as a tennis fan, and yet I imagine you, like me, have found it difficult to follow all of the action happening across the various levels in the tennis world. Of course, the highlight event right now, the 2020 Olympics, which have reached their home stretch. We have reached the quarterfinal round of the men's singles event, the semifinal round of the women's singles, semifinals in doubles as well. Everything shaping up to be a very very exciting finish, of course, on the women's side, as every high-level women's singles event has been here over the past few seasons. Upsets have defined the results we have seen on the men's side. It feels like a coronation, not if, but when Novak Djokovic will capture that elusive gold medal in singles. It's worth noting, though, Daniil Medvedev, Alex Zverev, another strong performance for the two of them at a high-level event, and certainly you look at the players in the field even if it is a coronation in the end, we should certainly get some fun tennis in the buildup to that coronation. But of course, it's not just the Olympics. You've got Atlanta this week. You've got Kitzbühel this week. You've got Charleston this week. Another WTA event. Four ATP challengers. Of course, countless ITF events. You've got ITA summer action happening across the country. You've got Kalamazoo in San Diego. The boys and girls 16s and 18s national championships just around the corner. This is, uh, you know, it's funny. I say May is the best time to be a tennis fan. You've got the NCAA tournament and then, of course, the French Open Wimbledon stretch following immediately after that. But you could argue May through the U.S. Open. It is just event after event. This three-month run, my favorite three-month run. Of course, it's the summer stretch here in North America, but a fantastic time, as always, to be a tennis fan. What I want to do on today's podcast, help make things a little less stressful for all of you listeners. Take a note of where we are at at our various events happening across the globe. Talk about what you listeners can expect to see over the course of the rest of the week. Just going to be me steering the show 
chip, of course, but again, want to offer a primer on all of this week's action. Of course, the reason I'm able to do that day in, day out here on the mini break is because of the support I get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends over at Tennis Point. Look, just because there's a ton of fun tennis to watch doesn't mean you shouldn't take the time to be out on court. This is the moment, folks. If I'm out there playing matches with the fact I can't hit serves, but I'm still finding success out there. If I can do that, I promise you all can find success on the court as well. And again, watching all this tennis, it's as inspiring as anything else. So get yourself out on court and you know treat yourself to the best equipment in the business with our friends over at Tennis Point. You go to tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order free. Two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Again, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is... CR15. One other content note before we get into today's show. We've had a lot of great conversations of late on the Great Shot Podcast to help preview all of the upcoming exciting action. If you've missed any of it, you can find it on the website, crackrackets.com. You want to hear most interesting WTA players for the summer. I had that conversation with David Kane. You want to hear the ATP equivalent. I had that conversation with Gary Nathan of Racket Magazine. You want to hear about the analytics. Well, we brought in the analytics guru, Jeff. Sackman of Tennis Abstract. We also had Ben Rothenberg, David Gertler, Damian Koost. It's been a really, really fun time here at Cracked Rackets over the last few weeks. And today we have Lisa Stone of Parenting Aces to talk about the impact of the NIL ruling in college tennis. College athletes now able to profit off of their image, their, you know, likeness. And before they weren't able to do that, and certainly that is going to impact the college landscape for years to come. A lot of unknowns still current. So that will not be the only time we cover that topic, but certainly can think of no better guest to uh, kick off our conversation with than Lisa. So if you haven't, go check that podcast out. But again... A lot of fun content. NCAA champions on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We've had Sam Riffis of Florida, Adam Walton and Pat Harper of Tennessee, and McKenna Jones and Elizabeth Scotty of UNC, hoping to knock out Emma Navarro later this week, hoping to get to those coaches as well. So be on the lookout for those podcasts. But of course, why did you come to the mini break today? To hear about this week's action happening throughout the professional tennis world. So with that in mind, let's get into today's show. And I think the place we have to start is with the Olympics. And we'll, as always here, go ladies first. We've reached the semifinal round of the women's singles competition. You have four players who've never medaled at the Olympics in their careers. Four players who have never even won a final of a Grand Slam. I I don't know why I say even won. Of course, one would argue it's probably, although once every four years, four times a year, I would argue it's more difficult to win an Olympic gold medal than it is a Grand Slam singles title. But of course, that's a discussion we can have another time. Anyways, it's a really fun group of players. Certainly, none of the top three seeds, and I mentioned this fact yesterday, but it's the first time since Olympic tennis returned to Olympic competition in 1988 that none of the top three seeds reached the round of 16 in the women's singles event. Doesn't that fact just fit with where we're at right now in women's tennis? 12 different semifinalists through the first three majors of the 2021 season. If you throw the Olympics into the mix, we've now had 16 different semifinalists through the first four major events. You only have Ashley Barty, 
Carolina Mukova, and Paula Bedosa, who have reached multiple quarterfinals. Those are your three players. That's it at the four events. Australia, French Open, Wimbledon, and now these Olympics. Just Barty, uh, Mukova, and Paula Bedosa have reached the quarterfinals at multiple event, uh, multiple of those events, with Iga Sviantek being knocked out in round two. Now no WTA player has reached the round of 16 at each of those four events. You look at our semifinal field. 2019 U.S. Open semifinalist Belinda Bencic, who was 17-15 and 15 overall, entering uh, over the last 52 weeks, entering this Olympic event. She's put together the most impressive run in this tournament. She's one of three players. It's her, Novak Djokovic, Alina Vesnina, still alive in multiple events as her and Victoria Golubic reached the semifinals of the women's doubles. And it's worth noting, Golubic, one of the hottest players right now in women's tennis, coming off of a quarterfinal at Wimbledon. She's like 46-14 and 14 over her last 52, a ton of ITF success. It's great to see that translate again at a high-level event, even if it's manifesting itself in doubles. But... Look, Belinda Bencic was one of the best junior tennis players of the 21st century. She was number one junior in the world by the time she was 15, 16 years old. She had cracked the top 100 of the rankings by the time, in the professional rankings, by the time she was 18 years old. She had made runs at Grand Slams in high-level events by the time she was 21. And so, you know, again, it feels like she's been a part of our life for five to seven years now. She's only 24 years old, turned 24 earlier this season. And, you know, again, the advanced metrics for Bencic, not great right now. Right now, Belinda Bencic, currently in terms of overall ELO, she has fallen. She's down to number 35 in overall ELO. You look 2021 specific results, Bencic number 53. She has not fallen in the rankings. She's been one of those players, of course, protected by the fact that she's gotten to keep her Indian Wells points for a little bit of time, gotten to keep those 2019 U.S. Open points on her resume as well. So she's currently ranked 12th, but has a big summer ahead of her. And again, it's been a mixed bag of results. A loss to Kaya Yuvan in the first round of Wimbledon. That's disappointing, particularly given she made the final of Berlin before losing in three sets to Samsonova in the run up to the event, but look, no one can deny Belinda Bencic's firepower, and you watch her play the decisiveness with which she plays. She's going big down the line on the return. She's taking big cuts at those returns, taking big cuts at the plus one ball. Of course, that second serve does hang, and Bencic not the most fluid mover in the outer thirds, but if you give her time to strike the ball cleanly, she is about as pure of a ball striker as you are going to find on the WTA Tour. Now, again, the advanced metrics have not been kind to Bencic over the last 52 weeks. She's still pretty solid in terms of her hold percentage. You look for Belinda Bencic right now. She currently ranks 21st in hold percentage, but you look for her in terms of break percentage right now. Belinda Bencic, 50th amongst top 50 players. She's currently breaking serve 27.4% of the time, which in men's tennis would be outstanding, but in women's tennis, the average of top 50 players is at 38.5%. So obviously that does not do the job that speaks to her aggression on the return of serve. She plays big. She goes for broke. And sometimes that bites her in the derriere. Other times it it plays to her benefit. And certainly at these Olympics, it has. You look at just her run at this event. She knocks out one of the hottest players in 2021 in Jess Pegula, 3-3. Three and three. She then knocks out Doi Army, 2-4. Three-set win over Barbara Krejcikova, who's like 20, I think 5-4. and four. 
three now over her last 28 events or 24 and three over her last six events. And so, you know, obviously a fantastic win for Benchit. She follows it up with another three-set win over Anastasia Pavlchenkova. So she beats the French Open finalist and the French Open champ back-to-back rounds uh, for Benchit. It was a six-love, three-six-six-three win to advance to the semifinals. And again, she's clicking right now. And her game is so predicated on confidence because of how big she plays, because of her aggressiveness. It's really, really fun to see her in the semifinals. And again, 2019 U.S. Open semifinalist. This is the result she needed to gain some confidence heading into a critical summer for the 24-year-old. Big result for Belinda Bencic reminding everyone why she is in that top 30 mix. And there are so many, again, 50 women right now play at a top 30 level. I said this on a previous podcast. While the standard of what it takes to be the top player in women's tennis, perhaps not as high as the peaks of 2012 to 2015 Serena Williams, but what it takes to be a top 30 player right now in women's tennis, I'd argue you have to be better than you have ever had to be in the history of the women's game. Belinda Bencic had not been up to the standard earlier this year, but you look at that final in Berlin, she now makes the semifinals here at the Olympics, she is rounding into form, and that is a dangerous prospect for everyone this summer, because again, if it's not top tier, it's a half tier below in terms of her firepower and her decisiveness, her shot making ability, the purity of her striking of the ball, that is top tier. And so I'm looking forward to her semifinal matches. She takes on another big ball striker. And someone, I'm, I'll pat myself on the back. I didn't get anything else right at this Women's Olympics. My three medalists were the top three seeds. They were all knocked out before the round of 16. But I did say my dark, dark horse was Elena Rabakina. And wouldn't you look, Rabakina into the semifinals. 5-1 and one win over Garbine Muguruza. She's got Serena Williams power tennis country club material. And by the way, if she makes wins a medal here, at this Olympics, she's getting the official invite. Not full-time membership. If she wins the gold medal, we'll give her full-time membership. But she is now allowed to come hang out whenever she wants. Because, again, the serve, the power, you look for her. One of six players to make the round of 16 at both the French Open and Wimbledon. The only player to make the round of 16, I believe, at both Wimbledon, the French Open, and uh, these 2021, uh, excuse me, her and Krejcikova, the only two players to do that at all three events. I mean, again, when she's clicking, she she just hits you off the court. She takes the racket out of your hand. Stud, we talked about her extensively with David Kane in the Five Players to Watch podcast. All of that applies once again. She's been outstanding. You look at her run. Wins over Stover, Stozer, Pedersen, Vekic, and Muguruza. She's yet to drop a set. That's a fun match. Benchich, Rabak, and a one for all of us to tune in on. Of course, on the bottom half of the draw, we should have seen the Svitolina run coming. When you least expect it is when Svitolina makes her move. And, of course, everything I said about Benchich applies to the 27-year-old Alina Svitolina, who's still 27 years old. This should be the prime of her career. And this was a much-needed run. Bunch of points coming off for her this summer as well. She gets some much-needed confidence with the win over Georgie, and you look for Svinolina. She's just beating the player she's supposed to beat. Win over Sigamund, win over Tomjanovic in three, win over Sakari in three. Now a straight set win over Georgie, given the conditions to bounce back from two three-set wins for this sort of victory over Camilla Georgie. She's the favorite in her semifinal against Marketa Von Drusva. And of course, if you don't have a big weapon, it's really tough to beat Elina Svitolina and Von Drusva, who's going to death by a thousand paper cuts you, move you around the court side to side to side to side and play the drop shot. Svitolina is very good at playing that game. And if you give Svitolina time, that's when she's her most dangerous. She should win a medal 
at this event. Let's just say it. She should win a medal. Um, credit to Von Drusova who, you know, gets the retirement over Paula Bedosa, who unfortunately just scary. And again, this speaks to the conditions and the ITF making an announcement. They're now going to play these matches later in the day because of how hot and brutal it is out there in Tokyo right now. Bedosa forced to retire after a 6-3 first set. But look, Von Drusova has been incredible at these Olympic Games, the 2019 French Open finalists, reminding everyone why she is one of the young prospects to keep an eye on. And it's worth remembering, Marketa Von Drusova, you know, still very, very young. You look for her now, currently ranked uh, number 42, 22 years old. 42 feels too low. And of course, she doesn't have that big overwhelming weapon, but she's just in the mix. She's another one of those outliers, much like a Kennan, who can do a little bit of everything, and plays just a different game style than the power-centric tennis we see from so many of these young rising stars. Big result for Marketa Vandrusova. Really excited to see that Svitolina match as well because, of course, the contrast in Svitolina Vandrusova, Bencic, Rabakina, super, super fun. But again, your semifinals, Bencic versus Rabakina, Svitolina versus Vandrusova. That's where we're at in the women's singles competition. On the men's side... Things relatively chalk. You look overall entering this quarterfinal round, we still have uh, four of our top eight seeds alive in the competition. We lost our first top four seed in the round of 16, Ugo Umber knocking off Stefano Tsitsipas in a three-set victory. Tsitsipas struggling with the conditions over the course of the match, raced out to a 6-2 first set, but then Umber made things physical, just kept making that extra ball, and of course puts so much pressure on you as his opponent because he does play so big from the baseline, can go for broke at any given moment in a rally. Big win for Umber, 2-6-7-6-6-2, and we look at Ugo Umber's results over these last 52 weeks. He's currently number 25 in overall ELO. You look in 2021 specific results, he's 19th uh, in terms of 2021 ELO, 28th in the ATP rankings right now, 29-21 and 21 over his last 52, but on hard courts, he's 16-10, and 10. and now you, you add the wins he's gotten here at these Olympics, I think 20-10 and 10 overall. And during that time, you know, he won that title in Antwerp where he beat Carreno Busta, Evans, and Diemenauer in Paris. He beat Stefano Tsitsipas. And, you know, now he gets another big win here over Tsitsipas once again. And, of course, a lefty into that backhand of Tsitsipas. That's always going to be a tough matchup for him. But you got to give credit to Ugo Umber, who, again, plays for broke and is coming off of that 500 title on the grass in Halle and just plays aggressive tennis where he's going to go down swinging and you can always respect that quality in a young player big result for him with the upcoming hard court summer a chance for him to by the way put some serious points on his resume make a top 20 push starts to gain the confidence to do so the big upset win of course you do look at the top three uh four seeds still alive Djokovic is yet to drop a set he's cruising folks I don't know what else to add straight set wins over Deli and Struf and Davidovich Fokina it again will be way more surprising if he doesn't than if he does win the Olympic gold medal you look for Zverev we talked before the tournament on Ben's no cha- Ben Rothenberg's no challenges remaining podcast when we broke down the draw he was given a gift that gift continues to manifest in bear uh, itself and bear fruit. He beats Randy Liu, Daniel Galan, and Nicholas Basilisvili all in straight sets. And now he's got the ideal quarterfinal opponent in Jeremy Chardy, who, of course, has been super dangerous on hard courts, dating back to the start of the season, just clicking and playing so confidently right now. But, 
you know, Zverev's the prohibitive favorite there. Of course, another good result for Karen Hatchinoff. Just pencil him into round of 16's quarterfinals at these sorts of events. And, you know, the hotter the conditions, the more physical the matches become, the better he plays. Good matchup for him uh, in Diego Schwartzman. But ultimately, he gets the three-set win in that one and will now take on Ugo Umber. And then a match that was our match of the day for our Patreon listeners. Our last quarterfinal, the only one between two top eight seeds, Pablo Carreno Busta, who earned a strong great set win over Dom Kopfer in his round of 16 match, going to take on two seed Daniil Medvedev, who survived a physical struggle. I have never seen two people look more miserable on a tennis court than Daniil Medvedev and Fabio Fognini did yesterday. In the end, though, Medvedev able to survive. Three set win for him to advance to his first uh, Olympic quarterfinal. And again, Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev, three of your five players who are the top 15 club in the men's side, top 15 in both hold and break percentage. They're both top five right now in overall ELO ratings. You look Medvedev, excuse me, top eight, Medvedev currently ranked number three, Zverev currently ranked number seven, uh, Medvedev number five in 2021, ELO Zverev currently number eight. But again, they're two of three guys to make round of 16s at the four major events alongside of Djokovic. I keep saying it, but that top of the men's game has clearly delineated itself. It's Djokovic top tier, then a little half tier with uh, Nadal. Then you've got the Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, Berrettini quartet. You want to throw team in that mix as well. That's fine. Then you've got the Mick, you know, the the best of the rest. The Rublev's on a given week. The Carino Boost is on a given week. Casper Ruud, depending on the surface. Roger Federer, depending on the surface. I mean, FAA, Shapovalovs. There's a lot of guys in the mix, but I think that top seven is pretty clear right now. And, I, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. I think that's always a good thing. And I, I just think we see that consistency. Things are starting to sort of wean themselves out, sort of, you know, again, uh, make clear who the best and who the rest are right now in the men's game. But certainly you look at these Olympic finals, we've got plenty of the best. Djokovic taking on Nishikori. By the way, Kane Nishikori, one of the best stories of this Olympic Games, the 2016 bronze medalist doing this on him so, home soil with all of the injuries he's gone through for him to have earn wins thus far in the event over Rublev, Sharon, and Ilya Ivashka. Yes, it's a tall task in Novak Djokovic, but certainly a task he would rather have the opportunity to face than not, and you beat Novak Djokovic. Now, you're in the medal rounds on home soil. You think Kei Nishikori, who's you know, let's look real quick. Kei Nishikori, what are his career earnings? Kei Nishikori's career earnings in terms of, uh, again, straight prize money in his career, he's made $24.4 million. Do you go to Novak Djokovic and say, hey, a million, two million? Like, what's the number for me, for you to let me advance here on home soil? Because, I mean, the problem for him is Djokovic's like, look, dude, it's the one thing missing on my resume. Otherwise, I would do it because, yeah, that'd be a really cool story and it'd be good for tennis. But, no, obviously the point being, it's tough for Kenny Shikori. This may be the end of the line for him moving forward just because, again, Djokovic is Novak freaking Djokovic. But no doubt heading into the summer hard courts, this is a great result for Nishikori to do it on his home sur- surface as well. It speaks to uh, the magic of the Olympics, the magic of the moment. But again, it's Djokovic, Nishikori, Zverev versus Shardy, Hachinov versus Umber, Kareno Busta, and Medvedev. Those are your quarterfinals in the men's singles competition at these 2020 Summer Olympics. 
Olympic Games. Of course, so much fun action happening across the globe as well. We've got this Olympic action. We've got the Atlanta and uh, WTA. I should say there's two WTA events, two ATP events, four ATP challengers. So plenty of action happening across the globe as well. But... Given the loosening of restrictions happening across the country, and I do want to say, of course, given the scaring, uh, scary rise of the Delta variant, we hope all of you listeners are being safe. We here at Crack Rackets are a vaccinated podcast. We highly recommend listening to the scientists, listening to the doctors. There's a reason they say, hey, this vaccination works. Let's trust them. They're professionals. They're the best at their job. You trust me to inform you on what's happening in the tennis world. I trust doctors to inform me on what sort of vaccinations I should be putting in my system. Nevertheless, that is not the discussion for today. The discussion is if you are vaccinated, perhaps you've now had the opportunity to re-enter the uh, normal world to do things we didn't have the chance to do for a little bit of time, things like go to a restaurant or go to a bar or enjoy some tennis at the bar with your friends or just see people and be out in person. And look, if you're like me, You've been locked up in your, uh, I suppose, office these past year and a half. You haven't had time to enter the dating world. You haven't had time to get out there and, you know, take chances, be social. And I'll tell you what, nothing is more embarrassing when you're trying to be social, trying to get back in the game, than just not taking care of yourself, whether it be not shaving your face, whether it be just not being properly groomed anywhere in your body. You do not want to be embarrassed on the off chance that your return to the normal world goes well. And that, my friends, is where our friends at Manscaped come in. And look, you already know, Manscaped, they're the best in the business in offering equipment for your below-the-waist grooming needs. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and just launched their fourth-generation trimmer. That's right, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard me correctly, the 4.0. You can join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their below-the-waist grooming needs. You use our exclusive offer right now uh, with the promo code NEWBALLS, please, at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Again, that's NEWBALLS, please, at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And look, again, just don't be embarrassed, all right? You're representing Crack Rackets out there. We know if you're a listener of this podcast, we want you to have success. You're part of our Crack Rackets family. And I'm telling you, you will have success. They're going to... I almost got super graphic there. But let's just say this. If someone – if you are in a position to where someone is going to comment on the fact that you have used a Manscaped product, you won't be embarrassed. They'll say, wow, well tailored down there. What's your secret? And you'll say, I'm going to be honest. I was hooked up by my friends at Crack Rackets. The promo code newballs, please, at manscaped.com. Not only do I learn about this fantastic tennis, but – you know, I learned how to take care of myself. I learned to treat myself like a champion. Treat yourself like a Novak Djokovic. Treat yourself like you are going for the Golden Slam. Turn to our friends at Manscaped for the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with the promo code NEWBALLSPLEASE at Manscaped.com. Again, NEWBALLSPLEASE at Manscaped.com. All right, that's three minutes on Manscaped. That's probably plenty. And to those of you who hit the skip 30 seconds ahead, Mark, welcome back to the show. With that in mind, let's talk about the action happening on the ATP and WTA tours this week. We'll start with the men's side this time, simply because the quality of the field's a little bit higher in the men's uh, than in the women's events we see this week. You look, and that, of course, a product of the more of the top women electing to play the Olympics than on the men's side. But you look at the field in Atlanta, 
Honestly, this might be the most fun field the John Isner Open has had in quite a bit of time. You look at the top seed, Milos Raonic, who still not the healthiest, but great to see him coming back and trying to get healthy for this summer hardcourt stretch. He took a wild card into this event. He is your top seed. He's got a matchup with Los Cabos finalist Brandon Nakashima in the round of 16. Of course, Nakashima beat Isner, beat Query last week, so he got a couple of looks at some big servers. I'm excited to see that matchup, certainly. Nakashima has any legs left in the tank and did what looks like he was running out of legs in his three-set victory over Trent Bride in round number one and credit to Bride who was not good in the first set of that match for bouncing back making that one a battle but that should be a really fun round of 16 matchup of course speaking of Los Cabos your champion from that event first time ATP title winner Cam Nori one of the I would say the right now he's got the the front runner to win the most improved player on the ATP tour perhaps the most fun round of 16 match but as good as Rayonish Nakashima is going to be Cam Nori's got Nick Kyrgios now and Kyrgios looked really good he looks fit he looked fit as uh, certainly in his 6-3 and three win over Kevin Anderson, holding serve with success, not broken in the match, finding break opportunities, just such a weapon. And then again, that serve, that forehand can hit through any court when he's moving well like he did last night and just locked in from a focused perspective from start to finish. He's still a really tough out. There's no doubt he's one of the 10 most talented people with a racket in his hand on tour. It's just a matter of sustaining that talent over the course of a, of a couple of hours. He's going to have have to do that against Cam Norrie, and certainly Norrie's not a guy with an overwhelming weapon, so Nick will have his chances to attack, but Norrie's going to make that match physical. Norrie will not beat himself, so certainly that is one to watch uh, in Atlanta. Your other round of 16 matches should be super fun as well. Sock versus Isner, the battle for 2012 American Men's Tennis Supremacy. You've got Fratangelo versus Riley Opelka as well, a couple of junior slam champions. Fritz versus Stevie Johnson. No, I'm the coolest guy in South California, Southern California. No, I'm the coolest guy in SoCal. That should be a super fun one. And then, you know, my guy, Emil Rusevori, really impressive 6-5 and five win over Mackie McDonald. I'm a, a believer on the Rusevori bandwagon. We did a Next Gen 2.0 podcast, David Gertler and I, specifically on Rusevori this past offseason. We wrote about him on our website, CrackRackets.com as well. Just the serve, the firepower off of both the forehand and backhand wings, there's a place for him in the top 50. Now, is he the most fluid athlete? No. But there's more to like than not to like. And what I've learned over these first few years of podcasting, over these first few years of covering professional tennis, is fluidity, movement, can always be improved. Now, only to a certain extent, and certainly, you know, you look at a guy like Taylor Fritz, perhaps the only reason he's not going to be the number one player in the world is the fact that he lacks elite athleticism because, again, when he makes contact with a ball, it just makes sense, except for when he's falling, but that's another reason. Anyways, the point being, certainly Rusevori, I don't know if he's going to be you know, I used to be concerned about Tsitsipas' fluidity. Now, he's just a physical animal. I don't think Rusevori's got that sort of uh, physical animal in him, but I don't think movement will ever, will severely hamper him from being a top 50 player. And again, the weapons are just so obvious. So I'm excited to see him compete. He should beat Benoit Pair, make the quarterfinals of this event. That's a fun one. And then the last one I haven't mentioned, Peter Gojewicz, who knocks off Sam Query 4-6-7-6-7-6, going to face Jordan Thompson who earned a three-set win over number eight seed Lloyd Harris. 
in round number one. Your other takeaway, John Isner, uh, by the way, beat J.J. Wolf, who's come back from injury. Another three-set loss for Wolf in a first round. It was three sets to the eventual finalist, Nakashima, last week. A first-round loss in three to Isner at the Isner Open, something you can definitely, you know, no need to hang your head. Uh, You can be proud of that one, so it's good to see him returning to form. Uh, And again, I didn't mention this. Chris O'Connell, three-set come-from-behind win over Dennis Kudla. He now faces Yannick Sinner. It's a fun event. Nori, Kyrgios, Sinner, Rayonich, of course, on the non-American side, but then Nakashima and Sock and Fritz and Opelka and Isner. Atlanta should be super fun. It's not just the John Isner Open this year. I, and I would be surprised if Isner honestly wins the event. So certainly keep your eye on the action in Atlanta. There's also, of course, more action happening in Kitzbühel now. You know, at this point, it feels like any sort of 250 clay event that Casper Ruud is in. You just give him the title right now. He's won two in a row. And, of course, winning three consecutive weeks on the ATP Tour is not something we see done frequently. I, I think you have to go back. Was it Ruud? two years ago where he did in South America. He made a couple of finals. Christian Garin, I think, made back-to-back finals and won two titles. I don't know if he did it um, in the third week, but I remember Felix made a couple of finals back-to-back. The point is it's really, really difficult to do, and Kasparud's in a position to do it this week. He's your top seed in Kitzbühel. First-round match for him will be against Mario Villa Martinez, the lucky loser. You look at the players who have advanced uh, thus far into the quarterfinals. Three, third seed, Filip Krajinovic, going to take on Arthur Rindernek. Three straight quarterfinals for Rinderneck, three consecutive weeks in ATP Tour-level events. He's now up to a new career high of number 84. One of the, Again, Nori is your breakthrough player of the year. Rinderneck's on the short list, though. And again, what do those two have in common? Play college tennis, folks. Anyways, Rinderneck, three-set win over former top junior in the world, Holger Rune, 7-6 in the third. Him versus Krajinovic should be a super, super fun matchup. We mentioned this earlier in the week, but Carlos Alcaraz, who won his first title, knocked out first round by wildcard Alex earlier. That happens. You win your first ATP title. you got to play two days later. Really tough to bounce back. It was nice to see Alcaraz win that second set after he dropped the first, but just, again, earlier a little bit too good. He advances and... You know, again, you look here up and down the draw. I mentioned the top seed is Kasparud. Your two-seed, Roberto Bautista Agut. Your third-seed, Filip Krajinovic. Fourth-seed here, Albert ramos Vinoles, who kicks off his campaign. In a fun first-round match against Jean-Luca Magere. You've also got some Marco Cecinato, Daniel Altmaier action in this event. Mikhail Emer in here as well. So between Atlanta and Kitzbühel, you're looking for hardcore action, clay court action outside of the Olympics, you know, to fill your 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. hours. Kitzbühel should do that. Atlanta will get you from, you know, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then we start the Olympics each night. So the 24-7 tennis binge very much in effect this week. Of course, you look on the women's side, super fun event in Charleston for us Cracked Rackets fans, that nexus of former college tennis stars, rising next-gen American talent, rising young talent in general as well. You look at the draw here. Top seed Madison Brangle knocked out by 17-year-old American Katarina Scott, who will be one of the top seeds at the Girls 18's National Championships in San Diego next week and earns her first top 100 win 
over Madison Brangle can absolutely win that event, earn a wild card into the U.S. Open. Hopefully, we'll get her back on the podcast if she does. She's got a fun second round match against friend of the show here, Jamie Loeb, the former All American, former NCAA singles champion, a win over Whitney Osigway in round one. You saw former Georgia All American, recently turned pro Katarina Jokic, lose a three set match in her first rounder. Did her Fiona Crowley, undefeated freshman at North Carolina, wild card into this event. She loses her first round match one and four two three seed Madison Inglis you look NCAA champion Emma Navarro really impressive seven six six love win over ITF circuit superstar Beatriz Haddad Maya you go up and down the draw uh, big win, two seed Lauren Davis, straight set victory. Former Duke standout Maria Mateus, four and three over wildcard Louisa Chirico. Good to see her back in the draw, by the way, and healthy and playing. But again, Matias able to advance. Again, this is a fun one. No dramatic names. I believe, in fact, you're, you know, only one top 100 player left in the draw in number two seed Lauren Davis. There were only two to start the event, but. Good reps for Navarro, obviously, pre-U.S. Open, which is where we will see her, given she's your NCAA champion. And then Katrina Scott, Jamie Loeb, top of the draw. You've got Alexa Glatch in the mix as well. Should be a fun week of action in Charleston. Bunch of things to keep an eye on. Of course, you look at our other event happening in Belgrade, Serbia this week. We've got four top 100 players in action, all of them still surviving into the round of 16. Top seed Anna Blinkova, uh, a one and two win in her. Her first round match, Aranksa Ruse, 1 and 0. In her first round match, you had three seed Vavara Gracheva, 1 and 1. In her first round match, and Andrea Petkovic, the only top four seed stretched to three sets, but ultimately she is able to advance. You look up and down this draw. I won't lie, not the most appealing draw this week in Serbia, but. You know, some talented players, obviously, Anna Karolina Shmadova in the draw. You've got Christina Pliskova in the draw. I mean, they're all super talented, let's be honest. They're professional tennis players. They're still, obviously, super entertaining tennis to be played. But, you know, you look over all the draw. I think this is a week for Ronksa Roos. This is the week she's got to take this draw in Belgrade, get the big clay court result that's been missing from her resume this year. I expect her to do it. That's what I'm watching this week on the WTA Tour. Of course, again, so many of the top 50 players in the women's game did elect to play the Olympics so we're not seeing them at this week's events and then you know Daniel Collins won title last week Tamara Zdancic the week before that they're taking some weeks off now resting before the North American hardcore stretch really gets underway but still fun WTA action to get us through the week and then of course you've got the challengers as well and the return of North American challengers, always a good thing. Was really fun watching Jensen Brooks be, you know, a little Spider-Man Mimi, but was just kind of a little bit better than ever at everything. Then number one player in the country last season, UK, uh, Kentucky number one singles player Liam Draxel for Brooksby was a 3-3 three and three win last night. He's got a really fun matchup tomorrow against another fun uh, young American power-centric player in Ulysses Blanche, and that's a really fun contrast. The power of Blanche, the consistency of Brooksby, so that should be a fun one. Juan Pablo Vikovic taking on Tanasi Kokonakis should be good. Stefan Kozlov, another 6-6 six and six win over Chris Eubanks. He's playing better, folks. I'm back on the Kozlov bandwagon. I said two things for 2021. Last season for Kozlov, last season for Benchich on the bandwagon. Rough for six months, but they're both coming around here, folks. So Kozlov into this uh, round of 16. He's got Alejandro Tabilo next. Good win for Escobedo over last week's carry semifinalist, Govan Nanda. He'll now take on Roberto Sid. You've got 
get a Darren King versus Max Cressy, Sasakumar Mukund uh, versus Junior Alberto Olivieri, Olivieri beating Kerry Champion Mitchell Kruger in the first round of the event. So, you know, again, you look up and down the action in Lexington. Should be super, super fun week of action. You've got three other challengers as well where top seeds are still alive. Bernabe Zapata Morales into the quarterfinals, two-seeded. Botek van der still alive as well over at the challenger in Poland. You've got last week's champ, Lurie Lechechka, in the draw. Alex Vukic, Zdenek Kolar, bunch of talented players. Nicholas Kicker, who has been outstanding of late. Bunch of fun players over in Poland, in Spain. Feliciano Lopez playing this week. Ben Bonzi, your number two seed, your three seed here uh, on the week. I believe pulled out of the event. Your four is Andre, Marc-Andre Husler, who was knocked out by the talented big-serving Tim Van Rutteven. Uh, but again, up and down the board, fun week of action in Spain. And then finally, your challenger in Italy. Your top seed is Demir Zumhar, your number two seed, Antoine Huang. Three seed, Tomas Martin Echeverry, and your number four seed on the week. Of course, pulled out of the event. So uh, you've got uh, the number uh, lucky loser, Orlando Luz, getting in. He ends up making the quarterfinals. He'll play Diego Tarante. Talented young players battling. That's what we love about the Challenger Tour. That's what you see up and down the board. But again, in the quest to fill a 24-7 schedule of tennis this week, meets the criteria, the Olympics, two ATP events, two WTA events, four ATP challengers, as always. It's an exciting time to be a tennis fan. And of course, we here at Crack Rackets trying to cover each and every aspect of all of the action. If you have missed out on anything, you can catch up on it all on our website, crackrackets.com. As I mentioned at the top, some fantastic conversations of late. We've had David Kane to talk WTA players to watch, Gary Nathan on the men's players to watch, Rothenberg, Zachman, Gertler, uh, Koos, just really, really fun. Lisa Stone, really, really fun time to be uh, a tennis fan. So we're trying to make the most of that fact and have as many fun conversations as we can to provide you listeners with all the information that you need of course again if you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at crack rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod of course like rate subscribe review to this show the mini uh the gsp the cracked interviews podcast and all of our shows at cracked rackets of course a shout out as always to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out a shout out as well to our friends over at tennis point remember tennis-point.com the promo code is is CR15. With that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends over at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.